0: Welcome to the weekly and consistent <laughs> consistently weekly North and Gold podcast.
1: I am one of your hosts. I am Salt Lake Jake. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm I'm nice later Hosen on Twitter. My name is Benji. Some people call me Ellis McPickle. Mostly me. I call me that. But yeah, if there's one thing you can set your watch to, it is the North and Gold podcast. We've been doing this every week rain or shine or snow day or light freezing whatever we are here for you yep and my favorite episode was the one last week where we were just oh. laughing for the whole time
0: and we hope you guys laughed along with us and what's the code <laughs> word? I, I, i'm not gonna say it because it was so special last week's episode that i'm not gonna bring it yeah.
1: up. yeah no tweet at us with last week's code word for your chance <laughs> to win 17 helmets from your favorite school
0: that's right. That's right. And this will reward our loyal listeners because those yes. I mean, we haven't missed a podcast. So our loyal listeners probably haven't missed one either. So they they no. get a they get their their 17 helmets from and it's yeah. it's an array from the from the 1920s to today's helmet. It's being beautiful.
1: Yeah. You know, the my favorite thing about last week was we got really in-depth into just some analysis that was very original and on mm-hmm. point. And I mean, just I mean, it was lightning in a bottle. So I think we're going to be a little more laid back this week, uh, yeah. maybe a little more low IQ.
0: I left our spreadsheets at home this time because we went too in depth last week
1: on <laughs> yes. you know, like
0: the the echo factor plus the raptor plus mine all that. We're not doing that this week. We're gonna, we're going to be we're just going to be laid back and just chat.
1: You know, what a cool season it is that um, I both fan bases. Are generally happy. Now, you wouldn't get that vibe because they were just at each other's throats all the time because that's the way life is. But I mean, unforgettable, remarkable season. I don't want to say you wouldn't change anything about it. Obviously, tragic season early on. But like from that point on for Utah, truly a remarkable season. Like you couldn't have scripted it better from that point on. And for BYU, you're looking at that and you say, okay, yeah, a couple losses, but I mean, uh, just enjoy this. Ranked, I don't know what are we now. Fourteen. I mean, things are rolling. Fourteen against the arguably the toughest. Sorry, I just got some bad news. Um, toughest schedule we've had in a long time. Everything okay? Uh, no. Well, yeah. Text came in. Um, one of our kid, like a teacher that's taught many of our kids, uh, I guess, isn't doing so well. But no, that's okay. That's what I get. I have the screen on, and we're we are live. That's what we get when we do a live show.
0: Yeah, and that's what you get with us. So I'm sorry about the teacher. I hope, she, hope he, she can can pull through whatever's going on. So, um, Yeah, but, but to your point, my friend, it is a Hollywood story, what has happened to the Utah Utes. I said in one of our previous podcasts that we do every single week, I said, I don't care what happens the rest of the season. Just getting on the field is a win. You remember when I said that, right? Just getting on the field is a win. I don't care. I won't complain. And I haven't complained because, one, we've been winning a lot. But, two, man, it's just like this team is just, you know, you go through hard things in life. It can either make or break you. It can go one or two directions. You can fall apart and just it can just be a disaster. Or you can galvanize like this team has done behind the leadership of Cam Rising. And they've won a lot of games. And now they've put themselves firmly in the position to three-peat as South champs. And I say three-peat. Because we all know, in the Pac-12 at least, 2020 did not exist. It didn't. You had a team like Arizona State that played three, three total games. You know, it just did not exist. Okay, so three straight Pac-12 South championships. The Utes are about to lock up here, and uh, I could not be more, more pleased, my friend. It's been, it's been an, it's been an awesome year. But like you said, we should both be extremely happy. But there are, there are folks on, on both sides of the base that just. Uh, they're not happy unless the other side is unhappy, and since, <laughs> since neither side can be unhappy at this point, they're unhappy, which is like this like conundrum, right?
1: <laughs> it's like your true colors are showing through. Are you a fan of your team or an anti fan of their team? If and, and how happy you are right now will tell you exactly what you are.
0: Yes, exactly. It's been a, it's been quite interesting. But dude, I mean, think about the the odds. Of what's happening here. If if the Utes do go to the Rose Bowl, which, as we know, it's not guaranteed at all. It's toss-up. Um, but they have a chance. They're going to represent the South in the title game, and that's all you can ask for. If they Ooh. pull that off and go to the Rose Bowl in the year that BYU ends the streak, it's like, holy crap. I, I, we've been saying all along, I'll sacrifice a loss to BYU to go to the Rose Bowl, kind of jokingly. But it could yeah. happen this year.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing is I feel like every year we've kind of gone through that hypothetical: Would you lose to BYU if it meant the Rose Bowl? And, and BYU, would you take that? Would you, uh, would you allow Utah to go get a Rose Bowl game if it meant you beat them? And I think we've both emphatically said yes, but then in the back of our minds, what a stupid scenario that would be! That would mean that BYU is better than a Rose Bowl team, you know, <laughs> or like at least in that one aspect. Um, but it's it's really come about BYU. Phenomenal. I mean, I know Ute fans get sick of hearing it, but just remove yourselves from it. Imagine that many wins, like batting a, a thousand, hundred percent against anyone from the Pac-12 conference. Uh, really, just the one P5 loss at Baylor, who's really good. I mean, they just took down Oklahoma. So your one P5 loss is a quality loss. Um, I mean, I, I sh- it's phenomenal. Like that's a good team.
0: Yep, and it's and the funny thing is, we're both really young teams too, you know, at key positions, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I, I know I know Algiers is a sophomore, but I've heard that he's he's not coming back, right? Is he coming back? Any, any idea?
1: I would be surprised if he comes back. He the the uh, smoking gun, as it were, is the for the final home game this year, he elected to be honored um, with the the departing, you know, his classmates that that aren't coming back, and so you'd look at that and say, well. it – that at least indicates that he's going to look at his options. You know, he will, uh, if he's got a, an agent that says, yeah, strike while the iron's hot, you're going to be a third round or second round, or you better go. He's, he's gone. And, and well, this as I, well, he should be.
0: Yeah. And this, I know, especially if any position you've got to make your money when you can is running back nowadays, because yeah. they churn and burn running backs. They have the shortest uh, average career of any, any, uh, any position in the NFL running backs is, and, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're they're shooting stars that go out fast, so if you can if you can make money, go. Do it ASAP. That's what matters.
1: I had heard, we'll get into some folklore here. I had heard when Harvey Longy decided he wanted to be a Cougar instead of a Ute, that that was the heart of his decision, that when at Utah they saw him as a running back and they had no interest in converting him to defense, but he saw the landscape and said, look at the NFL, look at guys that are built like me. If I switch, if I if I go defense, I could probably have a 10-year NFL career. If I'm a running back, I don't know. I don't know if I like my future there. Utah said, no, you're a running back. So he said, where can I be a linebacker? That's the version I heard. I think that predates this podcast by a few years. Do you have any insider knowledge as to that? I don't have any knowledge, but if that is in fact the case, that's
0: ironic because what does Witt do? He takes <laughs> offensive players and makes them NFL defensive studs. The list goes on and on and on from Paul Kruger to freaking Marcus Williams to Sean Smith, who came in as a running back himself, and it and was a 10-year NFL cornerback. So if, if if that is the case, that's the irony of
1: all ironies, right? It, it is. It, well, the only thing that I would point to as evidence that, that is plausible is that he did switch. He was a running back at Utah, and then, you know, seemed like it would have been a no-brainer to make him a running back at BYU, but he switched to defense. So, you know, I... Seems to have worked out for him, too. I think he, he wouldn't be playing today as a running back, had he, he stayed.
0: Add that to the rivalry folklore that we'll never know the answer to, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely become fact as time goes on, right?
1: Yeah. Sure. Well, <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard anyone discuss this. We're going to open a whole new controversy for people to yell at now. <laughs> Let's revisit yeah. Harvey Longy, shall we?
0: Why not? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, anyway, so, man, we, where do we start with this? We got, We've got... Other than our weekly podcast, we've got like five weeks to recap,
1: you know? Well, let's recap. the for, for those who are new and didn't listen to our banger after banger after banger, I think three or four episodes in a row have been just, just uh, instant classics. Let's recap for the new people.
0: Okay, how how okay. has
1: it been for Utah the last month? Yeah. Well, in an
0: alternate universe, we haven't recorded because there's been a long... It's been a confluence of events from out-of-town to sicknesses to whatever. So, uh, last five weeks for Utah have been, man, I don't I even know where to begin because it's like, we we, we, we the, before the season started, we said to ourselves, self, if you're going to win the South, you got to beat USC and you've got to beat ASU, okay? So, mm-hmm. fast forward or rewind, whichever we want to do, three weeks into the season, we're one and two with a loss to San Diego State, and, oh, by the way, our starting quarterback decided to hit the trail three games mm-hmm. into the season, right? Like... And then we had lost a teammate, a second teammate in nine months to death. We've rehashed that already. And anyway, it was an absolute disarray. Never in my mind would you have said. Fast forward eight weeks, you're going to win seven of the next eight games. And you like, what? But, dude, we took out USC in dramatic – well, in, in high-scoring blowout fashion. Then we fell down to ASU at home in the Pivotable South game. Whoever wins that was going to win the South. Second half, we dominated them and, and won that game big. And then we've been rolling ever since then with one small hiccup on the road at Oregon State. But, man, I tell you what, it's been, it's been a lot of fun because – Not only has it been fun because we set the expectation where wins or losses don't matter with the tragedies, but also the guys that are contributing are like all freaking freshmen. Like literally, you look at our defense, there are 10 freshmen on defense making big contributions. At any given time, there's seven or eight of them on the field at the same time. And yes, this defensive, these defensive numbers are not what they were in 2019, which that was our best defense of all time, the number two overall rate defense in the country. So it's a high bar anyway. But they're still the top three in the Pac-12 in total defense as a bunch of freshmen. I look at this last game against Arizona. We had freshman Cole Bishop making huge defensive plays, freshman Van K- Van. Fillinger on the end, freshman junior junior a bunch of freshman cornerbacks with with Clark Phillips, and then you had you had Law 2. I mean, th- th- littered, literally littered with freshmen making big plays. So the future for this defense is exceptional, man. I'm talking next year in 2023. The next two years, the defense is going to be spectacular. I don't know if the offense, what it's going to be like, because you never know with quarterbacks leading, running backs leading, blah, blah, blah. But the defense is going to be a classic Kyle Whittingham top 10 in the country, lockdown defense, and it's a lot of fun, man. It's been a lot of fun.
1: I It I'm, might be too early to say, but I'm going to just say it so that I can claim I was the first one to say it. Utah is positioning themselves to be a Pac-12 dynasty. You know, if you win, you win the Pac-12 three, four years in a row. You're the top dog. It's within their reach. I you, and again, it might be too early. Got to get through Oregon first. Got to win this first one first. But even if you don't, even if you lose the and, and don't go to the Rose Bowl, let's say. Um, Oregon, yeah, gets snubbed from the playoff. They go to the Rose Bowl. Utah goes somewhere else. They've still got quite the year to build on. And with a full off season, not a COVID year, with bowl practices, like that momentum we talked about earlier in this season that I think proved to be a significant factor, you take that momentum and you go on the next year rolling, you're in a great position. Who? I, I think everybody else that is a contender – they've got a little bit of rebuilding to do. They've got they you know, do. more ground to make up. It, it
0: definitely in the South, okay? I mean, obviously, the the the, um, the caveat or the the um, whatever the word I'm looking for, the uh, wild card in this is USC is USC's always, always, always talented. Always. And if they get a good coach, like a, a great coach, they could easily rock it back up to the top just like that. Like, that's just their history the talent they have on their field the location all that so that that could definitely be the case however in the south you look at the south there's already um two coaches um been well there's already one coach been fired in the south clay hilton Mm -hmm. rumor is that 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 uh that chip kelly he's going to be gone too so that's two and then you look at arizona state they're probably going to have herm edwards fired after this year so that's three out of the six in the south turning coaches over and then arizona's a, a dumpster so you can't count them and colorado's also a dumpster so utah without a doubt will be the prohibited favorite going into next year in the south especially especially depending on a couple of our big time juniors if they come back or not i expect several to leave i expect lloyd to leave i expect keithy to leave probably ford um but it's up in the air with like the running backs if they're all back and if cam rising's back uh and we've got a couple other tight ends that are just as good as Keithy. Like we could let, we could literally start next season, depending on how this year finishes. Let's say we win the South, and let's freaking let's just say we go to the Rose Bowl. We we finish ten and three, and we have our quarterback back. Most of our lineback, most of our, our receivers, dude. We could literally start in the top like ten to fifteen next year. We open at Florida, and Florida themselves could be in the middle of a coaching change. Like mm-hmm. Dan Mullen's not safe. If we open at Florida with a new coaching staff and get that win, it could be like setting up for a spectacular year next year. Yeah. But you no, know what's yeah. funny, Benjamin? There's not there's not just one team in the Beehive State that can say that.
1: <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> BYU is very young, um, and yeah, the future is brighter than it's ever been before. Every direction you look, the one worry, and this is why I hate. I took the I took a week off of Twitter because it's a bi week, and I thought, all right, if I'm really just here for football, I'm out of here. And it was great. It was so peaceful. Like if you if you have never done it, you got to start doing that. It's the best thing. Just take a break and read good things. And then you'll come back, and within like one hour, you'll be like, this place sucks. Why am I here? And for me. G- you know what? what's
0: funny about that? Sorry to get you off track.
1: No, no, sorry. I, we,
0: we, say, we say that all the time that Twitter uh, it's hard, it sucks, but you come back to it. I heard the best analogy about Twitter on Twitter mm. the other day. Twitter is like your refrigerator with no food <laughs> in it. You go there over and over opening up knowing there's nothing in there, but eventually yeah. you'll start settling for consuming uh, lesser stuff.
1: There you go. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we're, we are providing that lesser stuff for you as well. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny because, yeah, all week I'm, like, reading this just thought-provoking stuff that's on my phone. Like, my phone became food for my soul. My phone was like, yes, I'm going to make your day better. And then suddenly, like, the very first day I come back after feeding my soul with all this inspirational stuff, and the first thing I see... Uh, within an hour, is these rumors about oh, Kalani Sataki's is going to be a great candidate for Washington. He'd be stupid not to go, and this and that. And I just think, like, whether or not it's true, I don't care. Like, that's great. Yeah, he's a great candidate for the job. I'm not interested in debating whether or not he should be interviewed, whether or not they'd hire him, which job he would prefer. I don't like that thought. That thought brings me down. You know, like that's negativity. And i was like, I don't need this in my life. Like, I just want to keep enjoying this season. You know, like, go debate that out of earshot of me that's like ignorance is bliss you know yeah you know what's funny is is because of what happened to this football team uh, with them losing
0: Aaron Lowe um and because I I reset all expectations just to be happy they're playing on the game you know what I have not been bothered by most smack talk from people like when I see it I'm like I've I've just blown it off there are a couple of times I get I get caught in it and I'm like dang it I shouldn't do that but for the most part dude this season's been the most fun for me I've ever had because of yeah we're winning when it was unexpected and we're doing it in a way that no one thought we could with come, overcoming things and also I'm not worried about what's happened at BYU cuz you already beat us and there's no it doesn't matter that game's in the, it already happened you guys were the better team and it's, I've moved on to focus on what's in front of us it's just been a fun fun season for me
1: yeah yeah, I, yeah, that's a good outlook to have. And it really had I been had I not taken the Twitter break and had I been like in the the routine of being able to like you open yourself up to anyone's opinion about anything, I'm sure it wouldn't have mattered. But it was like just that stark reality of like, man, I could have gone another week and not had someone plant that idea in my head of Kalani leaving for a better job, and I would have been just fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But other other yeah. than that, so you took your week off, uh, t- how's, how's the last five weeks, for those that are new, you know, everyone that's listened last, every week knows, but for those that are new, how have the last five <laughs> weeks been for you as a fan?
1: I had a request, someone wanted me to talk about the dog sled a little bit more, which is pretty cool. I finally, my uh, longtime boss slash uh, not so long time employee, I bought the dental practice from him and then he, he's been working for me for a couple of years. Uh, he's, he's cutting back his amount of time that he's here, kind of not quite retired, but almost retired. And so I just mentioned to him, Hey, what about those dog sleds that we've still got in the storage room? And so he came by with his son and, uh, and picked up two dog sleds. And it's funny cause I didn't realize those dog sleds were put in the basement of this building when it was built in like 1996 and they have not moved since then. And oh. so like the bindings on them, like the, the screws, everything they're kind of put together with their wooden dog sleds it's showing like all of that 25 years of just sitting idle. And it was, it was kind of fun to see them get them out. But then at the same time, I was like, man, that's kind of, kind of a bummer because I realized like how unique and how cool it was for years to be like, there was a dog sled that, that literally participated in the Iditarod that is uh, in the basement here. And it's no longer here. And I feel, I feel the emptiness in my heart. Shoot, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so I, I I got over it within a, a day, but I was like, wow, this I, I missed that. That was a cool thing. But yeah, um, no, that's that's what I've been focusing on. Uh, but let's talk about the Virginia game that that was a uh, man, that was epic. That was amazing. I mean it was here's the thing too. I love that game because all along, i did some focusing on this. You know me and you know what I've been saying over and over and over for year after year after year, season after season, episode after episode. I'm pleading with the fans to give the coaches a break. They are the experts. They know the players. They know the strengths. They know the weaknesses. They spend all week preparing, looking at film. And then when they make a decision and it doesn't work out, we're the ones that use our hindsight to say, yeah, you should have done something different. And it's the most freaking annoying thing. And I think the root of that came from years ago when I was new in this profession and I'd look at Yelp, and, and here's the thing. I never had a bad Yelp review, but the idea of a bad Yelp review gave me anxiety. And I would see other people's bad Yelp reviews and think, who do these people think they are? They're criticizing someone because of what they think happened when they have no clue. And I, I kind of I took that personally, as Michael Jordan would say. I'd look at that and be like, <laughs> I'd, I've invested so much money and spent so much time learning everything I can about this. And then the fact that anyone could just show up and be like, Well, I didn't like this because this happened with no clue as to why that happened. All the factors are going to it. I hated that. And so I think I've taken that personal thing and thrown that onto the coaches as well and said, hey, we got to trust them. You know, like I I hate when someone's like acts like it's an easy thing, you know, acts like, well, yeah, they should have done this after the play has happened. So we come back to, to the Virginia game and first half they were rushing, guys. They weren't dropping eight. And first half, Virginia was torching us, specifically the second quarter. It was like a 35-point quarter. Second half, they made their adjustments. They went back to dropping eight. They went back to what Tuiaki's been doing all year long, and they stopped them. And BYU ran away with the game. And it was just like it shows the defensive genius. And Kalani stood up for Tuiaki at the end of the game. He says, yeah, you guys think he doesn't see that? He does. You got to give him a break. Like, he knows what he's doing. And I, I almost wondered if they changed up their their strategy in the first half to try to appease some of these angry fans, some of whom might be boosters, some of whom might hold a little bit more sway. But it clearly wasn't working. So yeah, I, I love that game. I love that it, uh, that they ran away with it, and that I feel like I am vindicated in my advocacy of trusting these coaches.
0: Dude, think about that 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 notion for a second. That these guys go through all this and then immediately after game have to sit and take questions from people questioning their decisions. Imagine in your field, you go through a root canal, you spend three hours doing it, and the guy leaves with pain, and then you got a press conference. Hey, how come he's got so much pain? You know, well, I thought, and you'd have to answer, well, why didn't you try this technique? You know, how how dumb is it when you think about it that the people that don't know nearly as much can sit from the cheap seats and ask you questions about why something didn't work out when you – yeah, that's funny when you think about that.
1: One thing I think most of us take for granted – Granted, I said, I said, granted, I showed my Utah there. Most of us take for granted is that we don't have an opposition in our job. Who's equally as motivated and equally compensated and has equal resources. And their goal is for us to fail. Like imagine that just imagine for a moment that like for every dentist, you've got an anti-dentist and he's just (laughs) as motivated. Like, he wants your teeth to, to to rot, and he's coming in right behind you. You get five minutes to try and do what you're While you turn your back, he's got five minutes to undo what you did. Like, that would suck, right? <laughs> that would. Yeah, they're going from chair to chair. Okay, Benji, five
0: minutes. You're drilling. Yeah. Okay, you go there. He goes over there, and he's jamming sugar in the guy's mouth. He's hitting it with – dude, that's funny. I, that's a good visual. I like it.
1: Well, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. When you're going head-to-head head in a college football, it's a zero-sum game. You can't all win. Like, yeah – the, at the end of it, the, so the reason I bring that up is the response. This is what I would say at a press conference: It'd be like, you realize they have the resources we have, and their goals are diametrically opposed to our goals, and sometimes it's not going to work out. But you know, I, I don't think I would last long. I think that'd be the uh, the Bronco Mendenhall. Um, treatment by the fans if i insulted them all like that
0: yeah 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 so okay so what's been your favorite game for those that haven't missed the last five podcasts what's been your favorite game over the last five weeks
1: last five games oh man i might even have to google what the last five games were i'm not even kidding i feel like the worst fan the virginia one though for sure like uh, virginia was just a good time it, it was a great game um, it was funny
0: because that the Utes were playing at the exact same time against ucla and you know the game oh, they yeah. have they have a scoreboard that just flashes scores of other areas, other game, uh-huh. game. and every round you, you catch the BYU score like it's thirty five to, like thirty two in the freaking second <laughs> quarter. What is yeah. going on down there?
1: You know? It's yeah. Fun. Oh, it was it was wild. The Virginia game I love because I really think I'm convinced that BYU in the independence era said our priority is not just to win but to make it into the highlight reel on ESPN. Like we want people to see our logo we want people to know who we are so we're not just going to win we're going to win in style and so they've got this offense that's just i mean they they're just rifling it i mean they've got so many chunk plays that are just so fun and so to see them score in like you know two plays over and over again is just amazing um the other cool thing i want to point out is it's not for nothing that Idaho State was a sellout. Like, I don't want to get into the weeds of saying, like, comparing BYU and Utah and all these different, you know. Like, in an era when many schools, even many blue blood schools, are struggling to fill their stadiums, hats off to BYU fans. To be able to sell out versus Idaho State, like, that's just cool. I, I think it was just an awesome. Well, thing you know, to see.
0: You're, you're you're actually not comparing BYU and Utah in that regard because it was it was about the Stanford fans that the infamous tweet people are talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, right? the Greg Rebel tweet. You're yeah. right. But yeah. I mean, the fact is, yeah, BYU fans have been great, but you know what? Utah fans as well. I mean, we've had almost 70 straight sellouts now. Like yeah, and like you're right. In an era where I look at I look at okay, I looked at something today that there was the Pac-12's average attendance. Um, mm-hmm. Utah's number one in the Pac-12 at 100% capacity. Oregon okay. is is second at. 89% capacity, which blows my mind because they have the third-ranked team in the country and they're only getting 89% of their stadium full. Like I don't get it. And then, and then yeah. of course you look at Stanford, who historically has sucked. Well, now that their team sucks, they're like even suckier sucked than they've ever sucked. Right? They're just like they can't get anybody in there. So yeah, it 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 is a tribute to the two fan bases in this state that in a in a in a a state our size that weekend after weekend we can have over a hundred thousand people at a game. You know.
1: It makes me a little bit sad as as a proud uncle. I've got a nephew who's, uh, I believe he just finished his junior season, just won state champions uh, with a Ridgeline, I think. Is that the new Cache Valley? Ridgeline? Sky Ridge? Uh,
0: Sky, I, I think Sky Ridge. Ridgeline, I think, is in, I, in Utah County. There, Sky there's Ridge. been so many high schools built in the last few years. It's,
1: it's true. I've been out of Utah for a while. There's there's a lot of new Ridge schools. But yeah, the, the Cache Valley School... The just one state, and uh, this kid is a junior. has been starting on the offensive line, and I believe he does have a chance. His dream school, ever since he was a child, has been Stanford, and uh, I believe he was invited to their camp recently. Oh. So I mean, he really has a shot at playing for Stanford, which oh. I think would be amazing for him. You don't say no to Stanford, but then I see those games, and I think, man, that poor kid. Like he's got better crowd supporting him and during high school. Like, Dude, it yeah, sucks. You, you don't they deserve choose- more.
0: You don't choose Stanford for the football experience. You don't. No. Maybe maybe 10 years ago they went to 3 straight Rose Bowls and 3 out of 4 years, sure. But you choose Stanford for that education, bro, you know? I mean, right. that's that's world class. You get you, you go there, you, that's what they go there for. They don't go there for these amazing crowds, right?
1: Yeah. But you know, you bring up a point which I, I think
0: is so interesting. I mean, not about Stanford, just a point a minute ago. You talked about BYU's high flying offense and they score fast, blah blah. Unbeknownst to everyone in this state, Everyone talks about BYU's offense. Everyone's talking about this wide receiver of Utah State named, I can't remember his name now, Kayvon like something or other. Jenkins it, it, or something. Something, <laughs> Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, these offenses, and Utah's always got a crappy offense. Utah has the highest scoring offense in the state in this season. Did you know that?
1: Yeah. Well, they get to play a lot more Pac-12 teams than BYU did. I hate your guts. I want to shoot your face right now. You guys know I love you. Uh, no, that, it's, been, been, <laughs> it's been fun Is a, let's just say, honestly, if there was no social media, I'd be like the old man that like eats his cookies and drinks his root beer and watches all of the football games and cheers for both teams. I would. I really. The, social media is the only reason that I like to kind of take jabs at Utah sometimes. Um,
0: hey, no, I don't it's blame been fun. You. It's been a fun hey.
1: year for Utah offense. BYU owns the Pac-12
0: to the tune of ten and fifteen over the history of the Pac-12. You're right, so that's great. <laughs>
1: that's Congrats! Great. You're, going, you're going back to uh, yeah. Those, since those the were history
0: some... of the Pac-12
1: since 2011, what's what's Utah's? Has Utah are they over 500 all time versus Pac-12 teams? Like yes. all time, all time.
0: Yes. In fact, I sent out a tweet today that said yeah. in in the last 28 Pac-12 games dating back to right. 2018. Utah's twenty three and five. That's pretty freaking
1: awesome, right? That is. Well, but at some point, because those first couple of seasons were kind of some tough sledding, at some point they had to have crossed the five hundred mark. When they when did was in the all time in
0: nineteen in two thousand nineteen, they did.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, and so, okay, they've probably got a pretty good uh, good record by now. Then. Yeah, but that we did. I mean, we did start.
0: 2011, we went eight and four overall, which is pretty good. But 2012 and 13, we went five and seven, five and seven. One year we went one and eight. No, 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 mm. one and seven in the pack 12 something like that. Two and seven, I don't know. But yeah, we, we're we're over 500. And like I said, the last three years, we four years, we've been 23 and eight, which is pretty pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yes. And yes. you know, for all the, I'm not people could say a lot of good or bad about the administration at the University of Utah believing in Kyle Whittingham, allowing him, like, what is it now, 15 years or however many years to get his vision to go. I mean, you think about – compare him to Gary Patterson because they kind of came in about the same time with their schools uh, making that jump. And Gary right away was seeing some success. I mean, they were doing really well in the Big 12, and then they just kind of faded, whereas it's been a pretty continuous uh, trajectory for Kyle, and I feel like he's arriving.
0: Yeah, TCU in fact broke in. in their first two years I think they won the league one year or yeah. or, or went tw- like 11 and one or something but yeah and then it after the first three years Gary's tapered off significantly and Kyle went the opposite way to the point where since 2014 we've been ranked every single season 2014 mm-hmm. for a good a good chunk of it and man uh, that's what I'm saying you I, I look around the I look around the country where teams are continually firing coaches. You look at Matt Wells at Texas Tech. He just got fired this year, and this is their yeah. first first winning season in like seven years, and they fired him in the middle of it. You know? Yeah. And then, and then you look at Texas. Texas fired Tom Herman because they were fed up with it, and now Texas is probably not going to make a bowl game in Sarkeesian's first year. And some people are saying, fire him. Like, there, there's got to be a point where it's like you got to give people some time. To, to build their culture. And that's what Witt has done awesome. And that's why I tell everybody who says, oh, we need to upgrade from Witt. He can't win at all. Dude, be careful what you wish for because you are one bad coach away from being Arizona or Colorado. Uh-huh.
1: I mean, literally. They have the resources yeah. we
0: have. They they have history in, in P5 leagues for 40 years. You're one coach away from being, being there. So be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Or hell, sure. Utah basketball. Dude, we had the... Yeah. Great. We had one of the top three programs in the West for two decades under the big man Rick Majerus, and now it's a freaking curtained off shell of itself, right? Coaching matters. You got to be careful who you hire. It,
1: it. Part of me, and that's, you know, getting back to we're uh, we're rivals. You know, I'm not supposed to have a lot of positive warm fuzzies, but as a kid and as a teenager, watching those '90s Utah teams. That that was an atmosphere. That was cool. It was electric, it was. and it's a little bit sad to see what it's turned into.
0: I, 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 and here's the thing: is I I believe in Craig Smith. I believe that he is a. I mean, everywhere he's been, he's won. I mean, freaking, yeah. he came into Utah State, who hadn't been to a tournament in seven years, and they made the tournament every year. And he had two NBA draft picks, and they hadn't had two NBA draft picks in their freaking history, right? So he wins, and I think he will win eventually at Utah. But it's such a massive uphill climb right now that it's going to take him some time. But yeah, dude, you mentioned those were Those are that, that I was born and bred in those '90s teams, right? That's when I came of age yeah. as a fan. And there, I mean, we were, we were. I remember there were four tournaments. We were, we were a two seed, a three seed, a two seed, and a three seed, back to back to back to back, back, back. Right? It's like anything lower than a three seed was a disappointment. Now we haven't even freaking made the tournament for five years. But this isn't a basketball podcast. This is a football podcast. Go Utes. It could be a basketball cup. after last. Last night, it could be a basketball. No, never, podcast. it will never, it will never be a basketball podcast.
1: <laughs> that that Ever. Was, I I <clears throat> am a believer. BYU, if they stay healthy, they're going to do some amazing things even this year. And and just like you're saying with Utah football, BYU basketball, they're poised for a while. Now they will lose Alex Barcelo, who's the MVP this year. But man, they got guys coming in. They got studs. I I am really excited about BYU basketball. It's it's a great problem to have when my number one concern for both the football and the basketball team is will our coaches stay?
0: Yeah, it is. That's what you want. That's what you want. I agree. But like I said, we're not even touching basketball cuz basketball sucks. Yes. Just so, <laughs> football. Let's
1: get let's get to our mailbag. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. You Todd, asked questions. I forgot. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. At that. Unholiest Jedi wants to know what's the coldest thing that's ever touched your scrotum? <laughs> what it's a it's a great question because he um i i put the <laughs> the mail bag he worded it your mail bag your mail bag, which was the tweet that I put out there and uh and it got that got me thinking today I mean you're gonna need some time with that to because no that's I'm not, not a,
0: you, you the, got this one when,
1: I don't know when you've thought about that last well there's the thinking I did there's very few things regardless of whatever temperature it is. That even that's like I'm choosing from like a total of seven things my entire life. Right. Like things just don't touch there. So I thought, well, my fingers because they've, they've been cold sometimes. <laughs> but no, I realized this is one of those things that I shouldn't. It, this isn't what should occupy your mind all day. But I was driving and this is a good story. I got into the Arctic Ocean in uh, in June. Did I tell you about that? Uh, I don't it's,
0: know.
1: So it's, it's so far up there. That the water yes. temperature, the ocean temperature is below freezing, but because of the salt content, it's uh, you can get in it. And so I submerged myself in something like 28, 29-degree water, which I think it's impossible for anything else to be colder than that. So that would be my answer there. Wow. Um,
0: wow. I, uh, yeah. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I haven't thought... Yeah. I mean the- today today I rode my scooter to work and it was thirty six degrees <laughs> and it, it was really cold. That's probably it. Today today on my scooter ride. That's it.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see some other questions here. We have from C V Freeman, Josh Freeman. Is this the closest you can get to a win win situation? BYU got to end the streak. Utah fans have eleven years of memories and Taylor made we're better than you, but the wrong guy was in a quarterback excuse. Um and we've kind of covered that a lot. I th- I think I would say yes. This is win win. I don't think BYU would change anything about the season. Obviously, the two losses. It'd be nice if they were wins, but you really can't complain. It's it's been a great. I think BYU fans are happy with the season, and I think I can speak for Utah fans saying at this point in the season they're delighted.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll go with win win. Um, and I always hate the hypothetical rematches, so I'm not I'm not going to discuss that option of what would happen. But I will say we are literally a different team than when we played. You know, I'm not saying Utah would win now because I always hated when BYU fans would say that. So you guys won. You have the scoreboard. Congratulations. But, dude, new quarterback. We did you know, Charlie Brewer was there. Uh, Tavion Thomas had, I think, one carry against BYU. Now Mm -hmm. he's our best by far running back. Our offensive line has been shuffled around to where now it's actually a really strong unit. Um, And our freshman dudes that – we're we're inexperienced. Not inexperienced. We're we're a totally different team, but yeah. I'm not gonna say we'd beat you guys. But it would be fun to play again because we're different now than we were.
1: This is this is why empathy matters. Is when when you're dealing with people who see things differently than you or who have different life experiences than you, it is a very useful exercise to practice trying to see it through their point of view. But even your best efforts at trying to see it from their point of view, they sometimes fall short. This season, to me, being on the other side of the hypothetical rematch, it couldn't be more clear that when someone says, oh, if we had a right quarterback in, we would have won. So, you know, we're still the better team. And it's so clear to me to say, well, when you say we being the team, that includes Whittingham and his decisions. That includes everything. You don't get to pick and choose which part of we counts as we and which part doesn't. The who I started a quarterback is part of the we. And so... All those together is the sum total. No, you know, that's a mistake. That's a mistake that costs you the game, and that's part of who you are. And it, like I say, couldn't be more clear, but for the past 12 years, it's like, uh, you know, I think BYU could do it if only this and if only that. And it's like, ah, that doesn't count, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. not part of it.
0: Yeah, it's not. You, the scoreboard will not change, right? Um, but right. Uh, but I, I I am happy with the future of where we're going with this guy because, man, And I hate to play – if we're going to play the hypothetical thing, the thing I hate to play the most was last year. What if we had had a full season last year? Because Cam Rising was our starting quarterback and Ty Jordan was our starting running back, okay? So let's say we have Cam Rising who plays the full year, obviously assuming he doesn't get hurt, which is, you know, it's a a hypothetical world, so let's go with it. If he plays the whole year and gets all this learning last year and Ty Jordan emerges on the scene last year and has a whole season, we're, we're going to a bowl game. And Ty Jordan's not at home on Christmas night, and he's with us again this season. And so yeah. if you want a what if, I would what if. Damn it, I wish we would have played a whole season last year. Because if we had, had mm-hmm. come into this year with Cam Rising as the starting quarterback and Ty Jordan back, we would have been spectacular. But alas, did the universe happened the way it did? I'm not going to go down that road. Whatever. Well, What's our next question? You can-
1: <laughs> I'm going to add one thing onto that, is you can tack that on – to the many, many, many domino effects that COVID has caused in this world. Because the thing that stood out to me last year that I think carried over into this year was the attitude of the players, the sentiment that this season is not fun. They didn't like the way the practices had to be run. They didn't like the testing protocols. They didn't like the not knowing, the thinking, okay, I can practice. Oh, just kidding. I can't. Oh, we have a game. Oh, maybe we don't that kind of just uh, uncertain future day after day after day, not even talking about the games, but even just practice, not being able to have a normal practice, the players kind of all bought into the uh, this sucks mentality. Yep. And so, yeah, when they have a chance to play a bowl, goal, a bowl game and say, no, nah, I'm good, I don't want to do this anymore, I really think that's what carried over into this year. And you know what? That's, that's co- I mean, it's COVID slash how the Pac-12 managed COVID, but you could say that's, that's part of COVID.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, we definitely felt the effects into this year. I, I, I tweeted that once. I tweeted, there wasn't a team on the planet that was affected as much by us, as COVID by us, because of the fact that, one, we, were, we started later than any other team in the season. We had zero games played when there were some teams that had played nine games last year right and then our starting quarterback hurts his shoulder in the first quarter of the first game and he's out and then we lose Ty Jordan all those things were wrapped in in my opinion in covid affected i tweeted that out and i had so many people come at me and say what an excuse man what a stu- you're just making excuses i'm like ah, forget you bro i'm not doing this i'm not arguing about this with you
1: i mean it's i don't think excuse has to be an insult if it's valid you know there's good excuses out there it, yep. it counts. I mean, it's it's not, that doesn't make it any, any less true. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's jump to the next question from cycling Ute 22 participation trophy, friend of the program, not including your team's stadium or any stadium you've already been to, which college stadium or game day environment would you like to visit?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, because I've been to some good ones. I've been to Michigan. I've been to Ohio State. I've been to Notre Dame. Uh, oh, I got. I know. I would choose LSU or Penn State. One of those two. Those both okay. look like when Penn State's got a huge game and they're all whited out. and It's a hundred thousand people pumping those pom poms. That looks freaking incredible. So I'd say it either does. Penn State or LSU would be my choice. And I get a chance to go to LSU whenever the Utes play them in two thousand. I think thirty one down there.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, so It'd be awesome. We could use our AARP miles to get there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, one Great. of those. I uh, I was actually thinking LSU was one of my two teams. Wh- whichever stadium it's in, Alabama or LSU, that's the game I'd like to see. Is those two in a year when they're both top five? You know, yeah. to to just yeah. witness that kind of atmosphere would be pretty epic. And I that's the thing is I. Deep down inside, I don't I don't know if I could cheer for Alabama. The only time I ever cheer for Alabama, and don't take this personally, but it's when they play Ohio State. Ohio State is the bottom for me. I never cheer for Ohio State playing anybody, and Alabama is number two. I only cheer for them when they're playing Ohio State. But, uh, but no, I think it would be uh, if I were in that atmosphere, if were in that environment, and I didn't have a dog in the fight, I'd have to just pick the home team and be like, all right, guys, let's do this.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. I would like to do that. That's a good question. Yeah. All right, what, yeah. what else we got?
1: Last question, I think. Yes. What is um, what is the reason for bias in polls? We know certain schools or conferences like the SEC get the benefit. Oh, wait, I didn't say who this was from. This is from Josh the Berry 10, a Utah man of I? We know the SEC gets the benefit of the doubt. Is it the perception that they are always good so they get ranked so high? Is it that a lot of West Coast games just finish too late for East Coast watchers, or is it something else? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Wow, that's a deep question. Uh, you know, I uh, I think there's a lot to it. It's not one thing or another, and I'm guilty of it too. Like you'll see, you'll see a name program, and that if you schedule a game with a name program, that will excite you more than scheduling yeah. a game with, say, a good Boise State team, for example, right? Boise. Mm. Maybe a better team, but if you get a game versus say Arkansas, who's been kind of they've been good this year, but been bad mm-hmm. lately. Like that just excites you more. I think it's a lot of our built-in biases of teams we recognize and names we recognize, and that's why Texas starts freaking in the top fifteen yeah. every year because they're freaking I Texas. Of Texas. Yeah, but they're but they've been just trashed the last decade and a half, right? Like. Not trash, but, you know, they've been mediocre. And But they, they still yeah. start every year because the logo and the history. And I think it's a lot of things rolled into one. I think recognizing name brands, um, having a little nostalgia for the good old dimes, and just thinking that's how it will always be, uh, as well as, you know, yeah. I mean, the West Coast is on TV at 8.30 p.m. It's, 10, it's midnight on the East Coast at halftime. People are asleep, right? So I think all those mm-hmm. rolled into one. Yeah. What about you? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I think you're just right. I think, I mean the real answer to this question we could cut off the question in the first five words what is the reason for bias the reason for bias anywhere in life i think is the same reason for bias here you know like we'll just say we'll take you know racial bias or prejudice in there people have experiences and they then say okay because i've interacted with this person i know and and his friends or whatever then i'm just going to project that onto everybody else that looks like that person you know, so you take your own experiences, or your perceived experiences, or what your grandma told you, or whatever. You have your reason for thinking people are a certain way, and you just run with it. And I think, and so that's obviously a very negative example. That sucks about our society, but I think that's why it happens. Whereas you uh, take that to college football, you say, "All right." You think about the the handful of those marquee programs, Texas. I mean, when I think of Texas, I think of Vince Young. I think of that as being one of the funnest bcs championship games i've ever seen was usc versus texas and how electric that environment was and how capable they were and then you think you know that wasn't a fluke texas had been good for a really long time so in my mind they've got the money they've got the game the name recognition they they've, they're a good school they should be good so if they're maybe good borderline good i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because i grew up that way and so it's just you kind of tend to think well that's how it is the other thing for all the crap that people give the, uh, the SEC bias, it usually works. It's usually true. You know, People are like, oh, yeah, the SEC, they're getting ranked this high. I mean, think about all the times that you think Alabama, we've seen this several times, they get thrown into the playoff or national championship game even though they lost to somebody and maybe shouldn't have, and then they go win the national championship. And so it's like they've proved it so many times that it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that one.
0: Dude, we all we no, all I, hate we all hate the SEC, but dude, it, it their their motto is it just means more. It does. Their coaches make mm-hmm. twice what everybody else does. Their stadiums are always full. Uh it they dude, they've won like twelve of the last fourteen national titles. I mean, it it does mean more, and so I hate him. I hate them, but it, it's worth they're worth Here's out, the I'm thing afraid. though.
1: That's not necessarily a positive thing to brag about. Like I get where they're coming from, but do you want football to mean more in your life? Like I would like football to mean less in my life. I think that's a weakness. there there's, yeah, yeah. There's more to life, right? Well, that's because you have perspective that a lot of people don't,
0: though. You know, <laughs> down yeah. there it matters. Like it does matter. Like families gather for football, like we gather for holidays. Like it matters down yeah. there, you know. And so, like winning is a big thing to them, and it just—I mean, while we th- we can make fun of it, like they don't care. It does mean more to them, and it does it does matter to them. Oh, as much. Yeah. Thoughts. No, All right. Well, any I, other any I other agree. questions before we wrap this baby up?
1: I think that's the end of our questions. Do you have it? Uh, let's see. On my personal account, Chad Clough wanted me to tell a running story. Um, I got a real. I've got a bunch of running stories. I've got a long running story. There was one. I'll summarize it. I was running one time in the Ragnar. Uh, just one leg, the twelve miles on the backside of that reservoir that's up there. It was just gorgeous. I'm running on these train tracks, like again, like somewhere between Colville and somewhere like that middle of the night. And it was so pretty and the runners were so spread out. And I had this guy that I was following that had like these running lights wrapped around him, like, like Christmas lights. And I thought, Oh, I'll just, I'll just follow this guy. Well, he completely went off course. Like we, we got lost. Like I passed him and I'm like, we still on the right course. He's like, yeah, I think so. And then like I was, I was outpacing him. So 10 minutes later, I had to stop and look around, and I didn't see anybody anywhere. I was like, I am lost. So I just kept going on the highway thinking, well, I'll, I'll meet up with someone eventually. And I had overshot the checkpoint, so I had to run backwards about one mile to get back to the checkpoint. And I met my group, and they're all staring the other direction looking for me. So I just, like, walk up behind them like, hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, it sucked because like I'm sure it cost us five minutes. But, uh, that's funny. yeah, it was an I got, adventure.
0: I got a running story. I yeah, I, I was hear- training for the St. George Marathon, I don't know, 8 years ago, 6 years ago, something like that. Um and I was, you know, I was following a guy named Hal Higdon's training program, which is like Saturday you add a mile every Saturday, you know, I'd take oh, yeah. taking up and the, anyway. So I was up to like 15 miles. This was like wow. I was like this is like 6 7 or maybe Maybe like two months before the race, something. I was like, anyway, I broke my foot on the race, on the run, my fifth metatarsal, right? Like I, oh, I, I no. just pressure and it, I couldn't, so I couldn't run the race and I couldn't walk for a few weeks. Anyway, my brother-in-law was also signed up for the marathon, so I went down with him and I was like, you know what? I'll run the first five or six miles with you, just because I've already paid for it, you know. And yeah. then, uh, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready enough, um, so. I started the race. And I was feeling really good. I'm five miles in. I'm like, man, I can go another couple miles. Kept going. I was eight miles. I was like, dude, I'm going to keep going. I was like, I got to 13 miles to half marathon. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run this freaking marathon. So I was like, I'm yeah. going to finish. So I kept going. And right at the 20-mile mark, right when it gets up to the top where you can just see down into St. George, I broke the mm-hmm. same bone on my same foot again. Oh, no. And it was. It felt like it felt like I stepped on a stick. I felt the snap. I, you know, like. I and then I felt the shooting pain. And then I couldn't walk. And so I had to flag down like the help bus and be taken into town. But I ran twenty point oh, two man. miles of a marathon and broke my foot. And I hadn't trained for like the last like two months because I wasn't planning on running it. Crazy. Is that the furthest you have ever run? Yeah, the adrenaline carried me that far. I, 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 yeah, that was the first. I've, I've run, I've run and completed a few half marathons. I haven't done them for a few years, but yeah, but yeah, but that was the furthest I'd run. Twenty point two miles broke my foot. Didn't get a finish, but I couldn't believe I went that far after not running for like eight weeks.
1: Yeah, crazy. Adrenaline I, man, I was, adrenaline uh, takes you. I was told from my orthopedic surgeon when I was very young to never do marathons, but I. I don't know. I maybe could anyway because I, I I've been doing okay. But um, twelve—that's that same story. That's actually my the farthest I've ever run is those twelve miles.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, good deal. All right. Yeah, well, you know, what? up to you. Yes, sir. We uh, we appreciate you, you loyal listeners who've listened every week for the last twelve weeks. <laughs> those that are new, just catching absolutely
1: on. be here next week to recap <laughs> Oregon and Georgia Southern.
0: Yes. Oh, hey, let me just give one minute preview of the Utah Oregon game since this is a football podcast. Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah, huge
0: game. Right. G- Huge game, number three Oregon, number 23 Utah. College playoff implications on the line for Oregon. They can't lose. If they if they win the, out, they'll be in the playoffs. Any loss, they'll be knocked out. I think Utah gets them this week, and I think we lose to them in the championship game and go to the Alamo Bowl. Uh, but I, I just think, dude, we're going to pay them back because they screwed us in 19. If we would have won that championship game, we would have been in the playoffs then. They knocked us out. So it's payback this week. We win 34-31. And, uh, and then everyone's going crazy. And then Oregon gets us in the Pac 12 title game and everyone's sad again. But I think we win this weekend.
1: I, I think you do too. I think Utah is firing on all cylinders. I think they've got all the momentum. I haven't really watched enough of Oregon, but um, looking at the scores, it's like, yeah, I don't know if they're playing their best football Dude, right now. They're an
0: odd team because they went into the shoe and dominated them and beat Ohio State, but then they also lost to freaking three win Stanford. And then yeah. and then they'll go and they'll go barely eke out a win against Cal, but then they'll have a second half against Wazoo where they just dominate. They're like they're an enigma. So they, yeah. they can if they're playing well they can play well and win. But I think they've got a weakness at quarterback. He's a good runner, but he's not a super strong thrower. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think we can get them at home. I, I think they're they're good, but not they're not they're not great. They're not titanic worthy team they got they got yeah. good they got a good rushing offense It's they got some good uh rushing defenders on the defensive ends and and uh but uh, but like I said I think we can get them this week and I think we will because it's a home game it's late at night it's going to be
1: crazy there and it's going to be fun so that's my prediction
0: 34-31 Dude,
1: quick breakdown of Georgia Southern they like to run a lot of 12 personnel they've got a quarterback who's a little bit shifty he can look downfield he can also beat you with his legs uh, their defense likes to change it up a lot. They'll they'll show a, a rush and then they'll drop back into coverage. And and uh, you know, a lot of people, myself included, like to think that they do. They bark out the signals to try and catch the quarterback off guard. So we'll have to watch that. Um, got a lot of talent both sides of the ball.
0: <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> I know not sound like a real preview. <laughs>
1: That's... i have no idea i don't know anything <laughs> about georgia southern okay well good I, there i know roughly where they're located i could probably estimate on a map uh, southeast southern, of atlanta i know that southern, southern part of atlanta. georgia yeah oh you even know right. southeast you see you know more than me i'm just gonna say the bottom half of georgia i've been to so. georgia
0: a few times i like georgia it's a good state so anyway yeah all right we will end go. that until until next week is our scheduled every week podcast we'll see you then go Utes.
1: yeah all right go cooks.